Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Don Brock. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. You know, I, I consider myself a person of faith, <clears throat> but apparently I'm not. Um, I asked God for 120 people to be a part of our prayer team and our, our uh, 40 days of prayer. And as of yesterday, God gave us 603. And uh, so, yes, thank you. <clears throat> and so if you haven't signed up for that, um, my faith has grown. And <laughs> we would love for you to be a part of that. And, and I, I've learned that I, I just have to stop praying little baby prayers, <laughs> peep squeak prayers. You know, I need, to, I need to pray bold prayers. And I would imagine that's true for many of you. And, uh, you know, I shared with y'all last week so many things that we're grateful for to you and how you've been faithful and generous to Gateway. I did uh, need to correct one thing. I told you that uh, you gave $171,000 over the budget, but uh, there were some funds that we had not counted. So you actually gave $181,000 over the budget, plus we underspent the budget. So that creates a lot of resources. And so, so that you know, we, we don't take that for granted. We don't let it just sit there. Uh, myself, Joseph, our, our financial pastor, and the financial team, we pray, we seek the Lord about that, and we, we um, make decisions about those funds that uh, we weren't expecting, and so to see what God would have us to do. And we're thankful for your generosity that allows us to do that very much. Um, one of the things that you have allowed us to do was to give resources to um, World A Ministry, and uh, we were able to give extra an extra twenty thousand dollars to uh, that endeavor through Crossover Global. And um, World A, just so you'll know, that's basically a third. Now that's not countries, but people groups. And, but it represents a third of the world's population, a third of the world's population. And of that third of the world's population, they have no church, they have no Bibles, they have no to little witness, yet only a 3% of all missionaries even go to that group. So a third of the world's population only has 3% of the missionaries going to that group. And usually it's because the governments will not allow us into those countries. It's not because we don't want to go. Uh, we're just not allowed in there. And, uh, but only 1% of all the funding in mission endeavors actually goes to the World A group. <laughs> so I'm thankful that our missions team wanted to increase our efforts in that area. <clears throat> and, and when you give to the Gateway's Faith Mission Offering, it's possible for us to send the gospel to people who have never heard the gospel. And <clears throat> one of my dear, dear friends is with us today. Uh, his name is Idris. He's been with us before. He's from uh, Baku, uh, Azerbaijan. And <clears throat> he is the executive vice president for Crossover Global. And uh, in fact, his entire family, where is Idris? There you are. But his family's over here. So let me get his family to stand. 
If y'all would, we're so thankful for y'all. Glad you were here. Um, their son, they brought their son. He is staying. He starts as a student at CIU uh, next week. And uh, so I appreciate that. In fact, in the last service, a family came up and told uh, these parents, we will be your son's parents for you while you're so far away from each other. Wow, that was so special. And uh, I was so thankful for that. Of course, that means you have to come to Gateway. And then this is his sister. She is 16. She is a world-class archer. And when she turns 18, she is going, she'll be allowed to try out for the Olympics in archery. And she is that good that she can do that. So, yes. So all of you hunters, we're going to do a raffle. We're going to raffle her off to go hunting with you. <laughs> but uh, we're so thankful for that. And then his precious wife, uh, who does so much with women's ministry in their country and in their church. And uh, very, very, she, she's such a classy individual. And she loves Jesus. And this family is very special. So I'm thankful for them. So thank you all for being here today. So Idris, you come on. I want to spend a little time with Idris because every time he's here, I want you to hear him. And um, you help support the work he does directly. And so he has a large responsibility. He's the executive vice president for Crossover Global. And so that means you are directing a lot of missionaries, a lot of pastors. You oversee their training. Um, and... You know, how big, a, how big of an area of influence are you seeing being met through the ministry that uh, Crossover is doing right now under, that's under your umbrella? Good morning, church. It's uh, good to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Pastor Don. And because of your supporting, your church supporting, what you gave us as a gateway to Crossover Global, you give us ability to go to places where there's no access to the gospel. And our desire as an organization glorified our God in the places where there's no access among and rich people groups who are not engaged to the gospel. And we are working in the African Middle East and the Central Asia, on the Asia, in the places where the, it's a, some places it's not single believers at all. And it's a, in all these places that doesn't have a Bible translated in their own languages. And we want to train and what we do as an organization and sending people in that places because we know it's a, in the places where there's no access to the gospel is the darkest places. And we want to change of the gospel. It's a become and change their life and make a transformation. And it's a happen. It's a happen in the African, Middle East, in the Asia. And the God doing an amazing job. And thank you for your supporting. Yeah. We're thankful for that. We're thankful for you. So four times a year, you take the same group of people 
through training. They come to Baku, uh, and every year it's a different group. So you, you train them for four years. Different leaders come in. I have the privilege of being able to come in and be a part of that, and it always blesses me uh, to be around these men and women who literally, some of them put their lives on the line for the gospel. And, and you know, I've put reputation and emotional stuff on the line for the gospel. I've never put my life on the line like they do. And because uh, you've had them imprisoned, mm-hmm. beaten up. We had two to be martyred uh, uh, two years ago now. And uh, so they literally put their lives uh, uh, on the line for what they do. And so in that training, um, I, I'm just, I go and I'm blessed by these people because of their faith and how amazing it is. And, and then you minister to them throughout the year. So they're able to come to Baku because it's a Muslim country. So nobody's going to question why they come to your country, right? Right. And, uh, and so when they come, do they, what's the spirit of those people when they come to be trained uh, in Baku? And, and are, are they excited or are they joyful? Are they afraid? Or what kind of emotions do you run into with them? Yeah, and when we provide training, we oh, are identifying it's a people groups who doesn't have access. In my country, we have a 26 people groups that are speaking in their own languages, and it's a Bible not translated in their language. It's a, like a Talish, it's a Lesgi, it's a, a Udin people groups. And we are identified them, and we are focused to reach each of these people groups. And if we have a believer from these people groups who so present them, we call to the training. We want to train them, equip them well to go back to their people groups and reach them by the gospel. And it's very excited for us and excited to them because all of them, it's a Muslim background people groups. And, you know, how we receive it, you know, we... We don't have a mercy in our life. It's that Jesus gave us a mercy. We were far away from his promises, but because of Jesus, we become close to him and we become his, his people. And we're excited to sense them. And you know, it's another issue was emotional as they touch us. When we provide training, and it's the last end of the training one, we're focused on the prayer. It could be the last day when we meet each other because we send them back and maybe we'll never meet again. And as the pastor don't mention, it's a some of them pay by the blood to make Jesus known. And it's a privilege for us to be praying for them and to support them and to like hold the rope for them while they're willing to go down a deep well yes. for the yes. sake of the gospel. Exactly. So one of the things that you do uh, as well, in a Muslim country, there is an individual in the government who oversees all religion, and you really can't do anything without his permission. And, um, but God has shown favor to you and your church with the government. Right. And, they, and I've been amazed at how supportive they've been. They basically say, do whatever you want. And they even gave you, wrote a check and gave you money to do stuff with. Right. Imagine that, a Muslim government giving a check to a Christian, saying, here, go, go win some for Jesus. Yeah, right. <laughs> but on the beginning of this story, yeah, and I remember a time when it's a, we have a persecution, and eight years from now, uh, before that, it's a, Azerbaijan was on the top of persecution countries, 
And on, on that, the top of the list. On, yes, it's a seven, eight years before. Wow, and I didn't know Don that. Don Brooks, is a Pastor Don, is arrived and meet with our officials. And thank you, Josh, a lot to Pastor Don, the travel to Azerbaijan. All people uh, love him, love him in Azerbaijan. And he met with our officials, and it was a phenomenal time when he told the officials, it's a church in Azerbaijan, our sister church. You know, church in Azerbaijan is not like your church. You have a wonderful church. Uh, we are meeting in the houses. We're meeting in the apartment. We have a small groups when we are coming together for fellowship to our Lord. And as the Pastor Don mentioned, what's happened with the church in Azerbaijan is it touched us in the United States. You know, this is a brings the transformation in the government eyes. You know, and after that, government started recognizing us. And you get where church is provided the official documents of recognition of church in Azerbaijan, and we get official registration in our country. It was a registered first church in country, and it's mean our government, Muslim government, officially recognized us as a Muslim background believers who become the followers of Jesus, they become as a Christian, they have a church, it's government say we're okay. And after that, it's uh, last year we registered our second church in another city. And it, again, it's a gateway church. It's a sent official documents. We present to government, and government says, okay, we recognize us, your second church. And this year, on this my trip, we work with uh, Pastor Don and the team to make official document to registrate third church. It's meant step by step because of your supporting. And it's a government in Azerbaijan recognized church in Baku. Yeah, so get this. It's illegal for a Muslim to become a Christian. Yeah. They recognize Muslims who have become Christians and recognize their church as a Christian church. Only the hand of God can do something like that. The man cannot do that. Amen. God, with God, all things are possible. And, and I, I truly believe it's because of your bold faith that God responded to that and, and what you've done there. And, so, and you know, with all this training that you do and you're leading in other countries, you're traveling a lot, you're also a pastor of, of a local church, the first one that we sponsored. And uh, I've had the privilege of preaching in that church. I want to tell you, they are so creative. They, they've learned, they really use social media. So like, for example, we were there and he said, yeah, we started an Instagram page and we called it, I want to die. And I looked at him like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and he said, no, all these young people and all these young adults have responded to it and say, yes, I want to die. I'm tired of my life. I'm, I'm not, you know, and, and they had the opportunity to witness to those individuals as they responded. I mean, how smart was that? That was great. And, um, and now they, they have their church on Sunday, but they've done it online, and you have to register to watch it online, and people from other countries, mostly Muslim countries, watch it, and they have 2,000 every week that watch. Most of them are Muslims. Yes. And, uh, and then the what, last time I was there, um, we kind of did a push, and 20,000 watched online. Most of them were Muslims. And we had three to pray to receive Christ, yes. and we had some to ask for Bibles. Asking for Bible. Yeah, and God is just opening doors like crazy. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a God doing amazing work, what we never expect and or dream. It's a, when it's a God, it's a 
give us an idea how we can reach people because in country like my country or another side of the world, it's a people not easy to find the church. It's a so difficult, you know, because as I mentioned, the churches visit in the houses and apartments and never have a sign, a ah, church here, because it's risky because of persecution. And we say, okay, let's uh, go into internet and open pages on internet and make uh, access to the gospel. And for that reason, we have a uh, different resources on internet. We have a Sunday ministry. And on the stream, it's the people just write and pray for me, you know, or they want to accept Jesus. And I remember how the pastor Don praying for three people who accept Jesus during sermon time. They said, I want to accept Jesus, help me, you know, or I want to, I need a Bible. And after that, we take all these names, we work in all these names who's joined to our streams, and we send them, we send them Bibles to their homes. That's amazing. That's so wonderful. You know, I can't think of a better way to close this out than to ask your family to come up. So get your whole family up here. And um, I'm going to ask Bill and Ken to come as well. Um, Bill and Ken, the, the leaders um, uh-huh. for, for uh, Crossover Global. And, and we're just going to have a prayer for this special, special family. We're going to pray for them as they're leaving their son behind. And um, Bill, do you mind praying? And I'm going to let Bill be the one to pray for them as, uh, as I just gather around your fa- precious family. Let's pray together, please. Father God, it's so exciting to see what you're doing in people's lives all around the world, even the, the hardest places on earth. Father, you've blessed us so much, but you've blessed us to be a blessing. And Father, Gateway has truly blessed the work that you're doing in Azerbaijan. And Father, because you're blessing them, they're now blessing others. Father God, we pray that you would use the believers that are stepping up, willing to sacrifice their very own lives, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. You would equip them deeply with your word. And they would step out in complete obedience to serve you in whatever way you've called them to serve you. And Father, just as Musa was walking up the steps in, in Banu, Father, I was thinking, this is second generation of Muslim background believers. Father, would you let there be generation after generation after generation of young men and women who come to faith in Christ, serve you devotedly, and then raise up their own families to serve and follow you. Father, thank you for Idris. Lord, he's such a strong leader for your glory, protecting, provide for him. And Father, we, we want to thank you for all that you're doing through Gateway to enable his work around the world. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless y'all. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. You know, last week we got halfway through the message on prayer and uh, does prayer matter. And just as a reminder of why we should pray, we pray First and foremost, to glorify God. We pray to obey God's word and his command to pray. Uh, We pray to have fellowship with God. 
We pray to follow Jesus' example because he prayed and uh, showed us how to pray, taught us how to pray. <clears throat> we pray because it brings results, and we pray because it's vital to our spiritual maturity. So I want to pick back up today where we left off, and I want to ask the question, to whom do we pray? Sometimes people get a little confused about this. <clears throat> and uh, how, you know, exactly who am I praying to? Because there's the Trinity. Well, one way of looking at it is you're praying to the Father, but the only way you have access to the Father is through Jesus and his death on the cross. So you're praying to the Father, but you're praying through Jesus. And really, we don't know how to pray, so we're praying with the help of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides us in our prayers. He prays on our behalf when we don't know what to pray. And so you're praying to the Father, you're praying in the name of Jesus. Now, I want to tell you, there's nothing magical about just tacking on the phrase, in Jesus' name, we pray, unless it really represents your heart and you really mean that. And uh, it's not a formula that guarantees the prayer. It's what's going on in your heart that matters. But it's through Jesus that we have access to God the Father, and it's the Holy Spirit who teaches us how to pray and guides us in our prayers. But I can pray to the Holy Spirit. I can say, Spirit, um, I pray that you'll refine the spiritual gifts you've placed in me, empower the spiritual gifts you placed, you've placed in me. I, I pray that you will teach me how to pray deeper prayers. Lord, that you'll teach me how to pray prayers I don't even know to pray. It's appropriate to pray to Jesus. You can say, Jesus, thank you again for the millionth time for dying on the cross for me because I live in the benefit of that and the, and the, and the results of that every day, and I never want to take that for granted. So thank you for dying for me, and thank you for living in me. Thank you for sending your spirit to live in me. See, there's not a jealousy among the, the Trinity, um, and, and so it is appropriate. It's, it is okay. And, but prayer involves all three parts, all three individuals of the Trinity. And I can only pray because I have access through Jesus and what he did on the cross for me. So, then, well, if I'm supposed to pray and I should pray, when should I pray? Well, the Bible tells me to pray constantly. It says pray without ceasing. That means constantly. Now, that doesn't mean when you're driving, you close your eyes and you pray as you're driving, although some of you drive that way, like your eyes are closed, because I've seen you. And, uh, <laughs> but you pray in a spirit, you're in a spirit of prayer. It's kind of like, <clears throat> it's kind of like you're on a trip with your best friend and you're just together 24 seven and you're just always talking to each other and always talking about things. And sometimes you're not even talking, but you're just enjoying being each other's company. That's the way it ought to be in your prayer life. You just enjoy being in the company of, of the Lord and you know, whether you're just listening, if you're listening to a praise song or worship song in your car, you're, you're in an attitude of prayer because you're praising God. But it, it should be a constant thing that you are always talking to the Father 
And uh, like when I'm talking to any, anybody, especially in counseling, even during the counseling, I'm praying. Lord, let me understand exactly what's behind what they're saying. Let me understand the deep root of this. Let me say words that come from you. Let it not be my words or my wisdom. Let it be your wisdom and your words. So I pray constantly. Secondly, I pray in group meetings regularly. That's the book of Acts, all through the book of Acts. That means I need to be praying with other people. I mean, I'm told that there's more power in prayer when you pray, when two or three or more of you get together and you pray and agree on things. There's more power in that. And I want to tell you, this one's a stretch. This one's a stretch. The, if you really want to develop a deep, deep relationship with your friends, learn to pray together. I mean, I'll, I'll take people, I'll take guys off on a short prayer retreat. We'll just get away from all distractions. And we get down on our knees and with no agenda. And it's not long before somebody starts praying and weeping before God for a family member or a friend who's far from Jesus. It's not long before they're weeping over a sin in their life that they've just not been able to let go of. I mean, those kind of special moments that happen in a community where you, for the sole purpose of praying, you just bear your soul before God with fellow believers. And I want to tell you, it, it will stay with you. It'll be something they will never forget, you will never forget. And then also, you pray on special, special time daily, I think, uh, there's no magic formula for this. Uh, one that's in the scripture is Daniel. He, he had specific times that he prayed, and he had a specific place that he prayed. He had a window in his home that he would open it up, and he would be facing Jerusalem because he was in captivity in another land, and he would be facing Jerusalem when he prayed, and he never did it for show, but nor did he hide it. Um, he did it as a witness, I really think, and uh, there were these guys that just hated Daniel because Daniel had favor with the king and they resented him, they were jealous of him and they were always trying to find ways to get rid of him. And, and so uh, they convinced King Darius, uh, they played to his ego and said, hey, we got a great idea. Let's, you pass a law <clears throat> that we've prepared for you and for 30 days, People, because you know they had lots of different gods that people could pray to, and uh, and Daniel prayed to his god, the one true god. But people could pray to any god. But they said, "Hey, you're the king, and you're the god king for your people. So we think it's a great idea for 30 days. 
People have to stop praying to their gods and they pray to the true God, you, King Darius. And, um, and you know, kind of got his ego and he said, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And so he signed it without thinking of its implications. And so when Daniel heard this, this is uh, in scripture, Daniel 6, it says, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home, knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Now, there, there was a time right there where it's okay to disobey the law. And he rightly so disobeyed the law. Now, these laws could not be broken. So Daniel had to pay a price. But God protected him. God saved him. God always comes through. So another question then is, if I'm supposed to pray, what should I pray? Well, there's a good acronym using the word ACTS, especially from the book of Acts, where we learn a lot about praying and how they prayed in the church. So just take a little acrostic of the word ACTS, and it gives you four good things to pray for. It's not a complete list, but it's a good representation. The A would stand for adoration, and you're just praising God. And the best way to do this is through the Psalms. Read the Psalms out loud, personalize it, and use it as a praise to holy God. That's a great way to praise God. Or sing a song that you know, a worship song to God, and just adore him. When you start off worshiping God, it sets the stage of your heart for being in the right position spiritually and talking to him. Secondly is confession, the letter C. 1 John 1, 9 is, we call it the Christian bar of soap. It says, but if we confess our sins, if we do our part, he does his part. He is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins, and he will cleanse us from all unwickedness. So in other words, he'll forgive you of that sin you confess, but he goes a step further. He cleansed you from all wickedness. You know, there's some sin attitudes deep in, deep in me that I might not even be aware of, and God cleanses that from my heart. So I need to confess, because when I have unconfessed sin, willful disobedience, why should I expect God to listen to my prayers? Then the letter T, thanksgiving. First Thessalonians says, be thankful in all circumstances. It does not say be thankful for circumstances. Oh God, thank you. I'm so thankful I'm sick. God, I'm so thankful that my business is falling apart. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying be thankful in those circumstances. Regardless of the circumstances, be thankful in those circumstances. And it says, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So I am to be thankful in circumstances 
simply because it's God's will for me to be thankful. Hmm. So that means I say to God, and I can be gut honest, Lord, I don't know why this has happened. I don't like that it's happened. But I'm going to be thankful to you in spite of it happening. Because it's not a surprise to you. And you've already promised that you will get me through it. You will get me through whatever this thing is. So God, it's not that he saves you from the circumstances. He saves you through the circumstances. He gets you through it. He gives you what you need while you are going through it. And then he says supplication. He says, don't worry about anything. This is where you make your requests. Don't worry about anything. Instead, <coughs> pray about everything. Don't worry about anything, but replace that worry with prayer. If I don't do the second part, then I'm going to fall into the first part. If I don't pray about everything, then I'm going to worry about everything. But if I'm praying about everything, I don't have time to worry about anything. Because as I pray, I'm reminded of who God is and he's in control, and I don't worry about it. In fact, you as a believer, if God has commanded you, which he has in this passage, he's commanded you to not worry about anything. So here's how you treat this. You decide as a believer in Jesus, the word worry is a new cuss word and I need to stop using it. Every time I say I worry, I'm cursing. I'm saying I don't trust God. I'm saying I don't have faith. I'm saying I'm disobeying what the scripture commands. So treat worry as the same as cussing and just say, I'm not gonna do that. Why? Because God told me not to. And that's all the reason I need. Because here's another thing worry does. Worry clouds your vision and you don't see God. You don't see God and what he's up to because your vision has been clouded. Your eyes have been clouded and you're not seeing what God is up to. So worry blinds you. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And he says, tell God what you need. Now, he already knows, so why do I have to tell him? Well, there's a good reason. He said so. It really is not that hard. When God says so, that's all you need, right? Why tell God something he already needs? Because he said so. That's all the reason I need. Just like a parent. Why do I have to go clean my room? Because I said so. 
So, and then this last part, don't miss this. And thank him for all he has done, past tense. So while I'm in my circumstances, I stop worrying, I start praying, and while I'm praying in my circumstances that I'm not worrying about, I thank God for all of his faithfulness in the past. Why do I do that? Because it strengthens my faith for the presence. When I thank God and remind, you see, one of the reasons why I thank God, it reminds me. Oh, God, you, that's, that's why I keep prayer journals, because it is so much fun. <clears throat> Periodically, especially if I'm a down a little bit, I'll go back and I'll look at prayers I prayed 20 years ago, 10 years ago. And I'll look at those prayers and say, wow, I remember that prayer. I remember God showed up big time on that one. And I would just see time and time again how God has answered those prayers. And that increases my faith. So while I'm going through the circumstances again and I'm telling God what I need and I thank him for all he's done in the past, then, hey, I'm not gonna worry about this. God's got it. God's actually done bigger things in my life, bigger than this. Compared to everything I've been through in the past, this is small potatoes. But you know what? <clears throat> when all you're looking at are those little small potatoes, they seem awful big. When all you look at is the problem you're facing, it seems overwhelming. But when you look at it, looking at your past, how God's healed you from something, I mean, whenever I need a good reminder, I just think back when... God healed me from cancer. And the surgeons told me, had we not gotten this out, you'd have been gone within a year. Okay, I'm thankful for that. And that's pretty big. So I remind myself of that. And then I say, so this is small potatoes. God's got this. I can trust him. So pray with confidence. Jesus said, abide in him. He says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it'll be granted. Wow, that's huge. Then Jesus said to ask. He said, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Then he says, believe. He says, you can pray for anything. And if you have faith, if you do your part, you will receive it. And then I just need to receive it. Jesus said, you haven't done this before, but ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Now all of this is under the umbrella of God's will. So when I ask for anything and I can be bold in my asking, ultimately I'm saying, God, in my asking, you have the right to say no. You have the right to say not yet. You have the right to say yes. 
You have the right to say no because I got something better for you. I'm going to say no to this because this is much, much better. God always has that prerogative. Now, for the next couple of Sundays, we're going to do a special prayer time. Now, I want to just go ahead and prepare you for next week. We're going to have a special prayer for healings, physical, <coughs> emotional. Some of you need emotional healing. Some of you need spiritual healing. But next week, that's going to be a focused prayer time. But today, I want to have a special prayer for families and marriages. And I'm going to ask that you come to the front as a family, as a couple. If you're by yourself and your family's somewhere else, you come on their behalf. If you're single, you come. You're still a family. You're part of our family. If you're with your friends, you come as a family and pray. But I want you to come and stand here so that your pastor can pray a prayer of blessing over you. So you go ahead and start coming. The band's going to go ahead and come out. Just make your way. You stand up here at the front, or you can stand on the sides, in the back, wherever. There's no limit to where these prayers can go. But we're going to believe and we're going to trust God. Some of you, you're coming down here, and I can see your faces already. And we have seen God answer big, huge prayers in your life already. And that's so exciting. Some of you, you need some huge prayers. And this is your moment to say, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to stop my pity party. I'm going to stop worrying. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to pray bold prayers. I'm going to believe God for bold prayers. And I want God to be glorified. I want God to be glorified. Thank you so much for making your way here. Not all of you are going to make it to the front. That's okay. Let me pray. God, you are mighty. You are the only one that the word awesome can be applied to. You are holy. You are righteous. And you tell us through your son to come and ask for anything. And so as pastor of these people, I want to pray a, a huge prayer for them. I want to pray for healings of marriages that need to be healed. And the marriages that are doing well, I pray that you take them to levels they've never ever considered in their walk with you and their walk with each other. I pray that you renew their love for each other, their passion for each other. I pray that you renew their commitment for each other. I pray that you'll give them the courage to confess to each other. Lord, I pray for healing. I pray for these families. There are parents here that weep over their, some of their children who are far from you. Lord, hear their cries. Unleash your Holy Spirit on their children that are far from you. 
Lord, there's some singles here that they need a family to be a part of and let them find family here at the church in their life group or their men's or women's group. Let them find family. Lord, I pray that men will step up to the plate and be spiritual leaders for their families. I pray that the women will become women of prayer. I pray that children and young people will become bold followers of Christ and while in their young age will say yes to you and your agenda and your goals for their life and they will they will choose to live for your glory and not some preconceived idea that got put in their head a long time ago. But they'll say yes to you. Lord, you know exactly where to place your finger in these relationships. And I pray that your precious hand will gently touch where the cancer lies and that as a master surgeon, you will cut it out. Restore these marriages, bless these marriages. Let them live for your kingdom's glory. We pray this and we believe this and we trust this in the name of Jesus Christ. Glory to your name. Amen. As you return to your seat, the band's going to lead us in one last song of worship. <laughs>